Good evening, loves. Thank you for tuning in or streaming or downloading Blooming Out on WFHB. I'm Melanie Davis. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. And I'm Lucas Fisher. So how's it going? I mean, you know, your past week or day or two. Well, it's. I think it's been so great that today is the inauguration day. Nothing crazy happened. It went off without a hitch. Um, and Trump is out the door. I am so excited. <laughs> I feel like so much has just dropped off my shoulders, you know, so much anxiety yeah. and stress. And I've been worried about today, quite frankly, after what happened two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm feeling pretty good. Woot! <laughs> I'm feeling pretty good, too. Um, this week was my four months on HRT anniversary. Um, and I was uh, doing those dumb little voice memo recordings that you do when you're, when you're transitioning and your voice is changing. Uh, and I was looking at the first one that I recorded uh, four months ago and I'm just going to play it because the difference is nuts, y'all. It's nuts. This is my voice five days on T. And this is my voice four months on T. How's that? Pretty cool, right? Great. (laughs) Pretty, pretty cool. (laughs) I just feel like so lucky that I can, I don't know, that that's, that, that, that we have that technology and it's accessible for me. And, you know, I don't know. It's just, I've been feeling super, super lucky to live in the time period that I am living in. Yay. Yeah. You're living in for the most part. Yeah. Yeah. For the most part. <laughs> wow. And I was saying earlier, you sound great. You're like, it's, it's not the, like you were saying, 13 year old boy cracky voice. It's like you've got resonance and it's, it's, uh, um, it sounds full already. So thank you. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> Yay. That's so exciting. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> now, when you get to the point, like, are you going to go like full Barry White? Like, oh, baby. Or are you going to like, <laughs> stop it? Oh. No, I'm, I, no, I'm, I don't know. I, I'm just kind of like rolling with it and see how I feel. Um, I might stop at some point, but I'm not sure when or if, you know, so. Cool. Yay. I'll keep you posted. <laughs> wow. Yeah, that's so exciting. I'm happy for you. That's Thanks, awesome. Dude. Uh, I was thinking maybe you should like string all those memos together if you've if you've made more of them too, so you could mm-hmm. be like, maybe week by week or month by month or something like that. So you can. Yeah. See, I was really bad about it, and I only did that first one, and then I skipped oh. like two months forward, and then I, so I've got one from like two months in, and then I've got one from four months in. So we'll see. Sure. <laughs> it all works. I could honestly just go back in previous episodes of Blooming Out and like oh, yeah. grab, you know, me introducing myself every week. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that would be so cool. Fun, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On this episode of Blooming Out. <laughs> be one of those. Maybe uh, next episode. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Ireland Meacham. Yeah. It'll be perfect. <laughs> well, congrats. And, uh, yeah like there's all kinds of it it, my facebook feed 
today was nothing but positivity, which was a great change, right? Yeah, I don't even know how to describe it. It's other than it's it was just beautiful, and people were crying, and you know, um, uh, there are a few groups I belong to who were celebrating uh, the uh, the swearing in of uh, Kamala Harris, and I was just like, they were all exploding in uh, in joy, and I, I just was so happy to see human joy again. <laughs> yeah. It seems like it's been a lifetime. I just was really happy to see that one photo of Bernie Sanders. Me too. My boss That's... sent that to me this morning and we both had a good laugh about it. That made me so happy. <laughs> Did you see it? Okay. Well, if you didn't see it, you'll. it's just a picture of them sitting there He's in a big coat because obviously it's cold. And then everyone else, you know, just like looked like they were just tough in it. But he was like, you know, in his big coat and he had these handmade mittens on that were just so cute that apparently someone made him like two years ago and he started wearing them. And it's just he also just looks so sassy sitting there. But enough. I'm sorry. I just like love that man. (laughs) So cute. I just so sent cute. you the photo. It's so cute. Awesome. Thank you. And then there was the, um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> so I did not mute my messages. I apologize. Um, and then there's the uh, Kamala Harris and, um, and Obama fist bumps uh, for both Michelle and Barack. And the one I think with Michelle is the one that touched me the most. Um, but as far as like a, a, again, a celebratory nature and, you know, without, uh, we had, they had Pence there, but without the uh, former president, oh my God, oh my God. I think my tongue just like danced. Wait, <laughs> say that again. We've been waiting oh, for president. this a lot. <gasps> Absolutely. Oh. Um, you know, he wasn't there, so there wasn't as much of a uh, uh, continuum, right? There's this kind of pause, there's this break here now after 150 years of, of a peaceful transfer of easy ongoing transfer uh, without too much um, controversy. And just seeing that was kind of warming and it brought again hope but um but the smiles on their faces and that's that's what i've seen mostly online too people posting selfies in their pearls and in their chucks and the smiles on their faces and uh i can't tell which is is you know better seeing the um the ceremony or people from around the country just the relief and the joy on their faces having uh sworn in the first female vice president and first vice president of color and um yeah anyway yay i'm yay. sure everybody's heard all of this already but yeah it's fresh for us right now it's still fresh it's still it's still good and we we won't be you know we still haven't even like 
been able to feel comfortable with it yet because like the change it almost feels like too good to be true you know and you know there's a lot yeah. of work that that's still gonna need to be done but it's just nice to see that we had the uh peaceful transfer of power which is you know that phrase has been on our tongues for weeks now it's just the peaceful transfer of power are we gonna get that and we did and the reality tv man hopped on an airplane and went home i was actually today i was watching both the inauguration simultaneously i was watching the video of him like leaving um well not leaving of arriving in florida mm. so right when he touched down is basically when uh the inauguration was like starting and it was just weird i was listening to the, the mil military marches and watching you know donald trump in his plane and i was just like that dude was a reality tv show host <laughs> yeah and that's that's my rant yeah they everyone <laughs> voted for it like who voted for him in 2016 was like i want a president who will run the country like a business that's what we need well he didn't do that he just ran it like a reality no, tv show he, yeah he grifted he grifted the united states government several million dollars upwards of probably hundreds of millions of dollars mm -hmm. um i recently found out that there is actually a hundred million dollars unaccounted for in spending from the white house that we know of really? so that's that's a pretty big number yeah, and uh, me. that's not even like the sur that's just the surface of like how much money at the end of the day this donald trump presidency really seems like it was his little reality tv show that he could grift money from and it's over it's yeah well hopefully. it is it is actually over so let's get him uh um, prosecuted so he can't come back yeah and that's you know mitch mcconnell is even uh n he said he is not against the impeachment process for him so i think that is pretty amazing that he would even he would be willing to negotiate so yeah. hopefully that happens and he doesn't get to keep his millionaire status from the government right and all of that yeah it just seems ridiculous that we would that the government would like pay him a pension still and everything like we yeah it just, literally like, yeah after like everything after everything like he literally did the worst job of being president in american history and we're still let four hundred thousand people die and we're still gonna pay him a pension like no mm -hmm. come on and Secret Service. Yeah, it's really interesting to see what happens to him, though. He's facing so many lawsuits. Yeah. And, you know, after we found out that he hadn't been paying taxes for a decade, that he had hey. been running off taxes for money he had given his daughter. Um, that was $1,500. You know, I, I what was that? He paid $1,500 in taxes. Right. Isn't that just absolutely ridiculous? But there's so many lawsuits being filed against him, including, you know, sexual harassment charges as well. Oh, yeah. Sexual assault. Excuse me. Yeah. And uh, hopefully those actually end up going through. Um, criminal probe from 
the Manhattan District Attorney Cyrus Vance Jr. Mm -hmm. Civil cases in New York from Attorney General Letitia James. So, well, and he didn't he didn't pardon himself or his kids. So um, he's open for uh, uh, litigate or open to be um, prosecuted by the federal government now. Right. So he, and I was wondering. I mean, I don't know if he could pardon himself. I think that that was still a question, wasn't it? Yeah, it was still untested. I think it was something that people never thought, you know, a president would have to do. So <laughs> um, there was so much of that going on. Um, but yeah, he would have if he could have. But yeah, I I think you're right. I but I'm I'm just happy that that chapter of direct threat and all of the damage that he had uh, inflicted upon people and he'd caused suffering in is is in a direct way over and we can start rebuilding and repealing the the harmful practices that he put in place don't ask don't tell is gonna um be one of the first things that uh they they are not don't ask to tell i'm sorry the uh trans military ban is going to be one of the first things that they work on it's going to take up to a year to get that instituted even if they start today um they're all the damage that betsy DeVos did in uh, in the schools for LGBT kids. Um, and there's just so much more that they had tried to push through to, uh, to tear LGBT folks' lives up and to take us back to the 70s, uh, which- Well, it wasn't even that bad in the 70s. Really, I was I was a little young for that. <laughs> well, I was too, but um, <laughs> I was still watching Courtship of Eddie's Father. So I, I think that both um, homophobia and racism has been worth worse in the last four years than it has ever been in my life. And I was born in the 1960s. I've been hearing a lot from people who, um, pe um, my friends who are uh, black and indigenous and. Uh, um, Asian who said that it's, it was, the racism is the same, but the um, coverage, the exposure, the, the openness is worse. And uh, some friends who are, were genuinely happy that it was out in the open as opposed to being hidden uh, where it had been relegated, you know. But I feel like there's been an, it's been acceptable in this strange way in yeah. terms of media that I've never seen it be acceptable. Like, yes, it's always existed, right? And it was something that people didn't talk about. They were racist or they were homophobic, but they didn't brag about it unless they were, you know, complete jerks. I mean, some people did, of course, but we had all of these racist and, um, homophobic laws and rules but people were still like oh no i like you people you know <laughs> like <laughs> but so yeah i mean now at least it's kind of like there is that overt hatred and people are saying things and having the noose you know during oh. insurrection and just things that i just never thought that i would see in my life but maybe maybe it's a cathartic in the and long run maybe this will get us to actually act 
right you know, and to to and I, I heard that in biden's acceptance speech today when he was talking about you know ending systemic racism and and focusing on uh, tackling these issues that are so divisive in um, not just political realm, but in, in our lives uh, day to day. And hopefully, hopefully we'll have people with a political backbone who, um, you know, legislators and, and from local to the, the federal level who are, are moved to work on this because yeah, it's not going away just because, you know, Biden, an old white man was uh, uh, sworn in. A different today. old white man, yeah. Different old white man, the oldest white man uh, yet. And, um, and not that that is necessarily an issue. There have been progressive people in the past who of all ages, but, um, but you know, we're, we can see progress. We have seen uh, that it's possible. And I think that I think that we have a unique opportunity in in our history to actually tackle things uh, head on, and um, and I hope we do because going back to quote unquote normal is not acceptable because normal still sucked four years ago. Mm-hmm. It just didn't suck as hard as we thought it did um, compared to so. You know, it's great that Biden um, has done this executive order implementing the Supreme Court decision for LGBTQ rights. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that he's he's been a, showing himself to be a good ally so far. So far, yeah, yeah. And he's done some. Uh, he's said some wonderful things. He's he's appointed a couple of uh, great folk to good like important positions not just yeah oh well we're, we're going to stick you somewhere in the cabinet but you're going to be in the background nobody will hear from you um but so we had pete Buttigieg, who's going to be uh transportation secretary right, right. and um and biden picked for for his uh the assistant health secretary um Miss Levine, Levine, Miss Levine for uh, from Pennsylvania, who has been working on their COVID uh, strategy there. Now, I've heard a lot of remarks from people going back to March when we really didn't know much, if anything, about the um, about the pandemic being critical. But since then, I've heard nothing but good things about her. So. Uh, congratulations. Hopefully she will get uh, confirmed. That has yet to happen. We didn't have the massive confirmations that we did in past presidencies, but um, but she's up there. So Pennsylvania Health Secretary Rachel Levine uh, will be hopefully our next Assistant uh, Secretary of Health and Human Services. Would be the first trans official federal official to be confirmed by the senate if she's confirmed oh yeah that was the reason why she's i'm sorry (laughs) just thought i'd mention it you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's amazing i mean so many horrible things have happened but then there's things like that that you know are happening now they're so exciting to me um things i just didn't know if i'd ever see 
and that's well, great. That, yeah, that and that announcement started kind of the the shakes for me, um, because it was so unexpected, and you know, for my daughter forgot to come out to me because it wasn't such a big deal to her. But for those of us of a certain age and older, um, it's it, it was unthinkable. This world wasn't imaginable. And here we are standing on the cusp of it. So I think there's a lot of reason to um, to celebrate, even, even though we're still trying to figure out how it's going to shake down. I agree. Cheers. Yeah. <laughs> it just gets me excited because it's like, you know, if we're, you know, people will see Rachel, if she's confirmed Miss Levine and Pete Buttigieg and, you know, and, and our new VP and people are going to think, oh, that person looks like me or that person, you know, is the same identity as me maybe I should get involved in politics too. Maybe I should run for local government or whatever. Cause that's like the only way we're ever going to get real changes. If we step up and like do these jobs, you know? Yeah. So Absolutely. it's so exciting to see that this is possible and like show these like large scale national examples of this to get people excited about, you know? And it shows how important visibility is. Yeah, exactly. You know? representation mm -hmm. you know that that was the whole point of our revolution right no taxation without representation the big part was we didn't have a say in our own governance and for a long time lgbt folk just didn't have we were not represented uh in any of uh you know our legislatures and and local offices we were um exempted from it so to have to have people who are like us there, who understand us, who um, will listen to our concerns, is uh, it's a sea change. Yeah, it's huge. <sighs> huge. <laughs> Should we go to a music break? Sorry. More and more people are feeling comfortable coming out whatever they are, you know, and we're not mm -hmm. just a gay and straight world anymore either. And that's really exciting, you know? Um, so there's, there's complexity, there's right. nuance. Because human beings are complex, you know? I can't wait to see the first non-binary non president of the United States. <laughs> right? <laughs> when I'm 85. Oh, <laughs> well, maybe that will be you. Maybe it'll be me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the oldest, the oldest president and the first non-binary president. <laughs> I I don't know that it would be that long. I don't know that um I mean, Yeah, it seems right. like things are picking up the pace, right? It seems yeah. like it could be possible like sooner than we think, which is awesome. Twenty years ago, unimaginable. Ten years ago, unimaginable. You know, and we are, we're still fighting. We're still there. We're, we're making headway. Um, so yeah, why not? Let's do it. Set your sights. Get your ducks in a row. Work on paying off the people who can tell any of the stories about you that you don't want to be told. 
<laughs> I'm out. So oh. you three. Uh... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I know. I think we're just going to be passing around the same bills to each other. <laughs> I'll be an undersecretary of something rather. You don't have to worry about, you know, paying me off this cash. So. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I, it, it, I can't get the grin off my face. It's so weird. I was so worried, especially after the sixth, and mm-hmm. uh, and oh. I still am worried. There's still concern. Those folks who wanted to do, you know, to, to they threatened the state capitals. They threatened the the um, inauguration. They're still there. They're still pissed. But um, but wasn't there an event planned Sunday that nobody showed up to? Oh, that's when they were going to start doing their, um, some some of the states were going to have uh, events on Sunday and like six people showed up or something. And it was peaceful because they were completely outnumbered by uh, police and, and other um, authorities. So, because apparently now they were paying attention to all the stuff the right wing was talking about. Did anyone see that video footage inside the Capitol by a uh, New Yorker columnist? Mm, yeah. I mean, that was just terrifying. Enraging. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And scary. dumb. And dumb. Absolutely. I mean, so stupid. And then there was a moment where they, you know, found some document from Ted Cruz and they thought, oh, he's against us. But of course it wasn't, you know. It was, yeah, literally (laughs) they read it and they didn't understand what it meant. (laughs) (laughs) That's pretty sad. It's very sad. Hopefully this will inspire us to take a closer look at the educational system in America as well. That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> you know. Amen. Yeah, let's let's tackle that early on as well cuz uh non anti-intellectualism, non-belief in science and in fa- in, in objective facts. How is that a thing how is that something that was allowed to creep in from the swamps yeah but you know it, it's always been a thing and it sort of rises and falls throughout history and it's a way to control people and it happens on both sides the left and the right both use it you know um i think the right more so than the left the left often uses it in in terms of um you know people are privileged if they have an education which they are but everybody should be privileged to have an education. I mean, that should be the right of everybody. Right. Um, I, I don't think that we should, you know, think it's bad to have an education or to know things. That should be the goal for everyone. Yeah. Abolish student debt. Absolutely. Oh, mm-hmm. Wouldn't that make me happy? <laughs> and you and <laughs> half <of> America. <laughs> um yeah it's i'm going back to when i was in grade school and i was not a a decent student at all i set a poor example for my own child um i didn't do my homework i got decent grades on tests and knew what i was 
learning. I just didn't do any of the work because it was uh, redundant and ridiculous. But we, the, the process that we went through was still one that valued understanding and gaining an education for everyone. It didn't matter if you were going to learn a trade or if you didn't know what you were going to do, or if you were absolutely sure that your parents were going to shove you through Ivy League schools, you know, whatever the case, um, at least in grade school and junior high, they really wanted, and, and high school, they really wanted you to absorb as much as possible. And they wanted to instill in you as much as they could. Um, and, and, it's so difficult now. Um, well, back then there was the theory of, you know, a well-rounded education. So you learned about many different things and the arts and humanities were important. Carpentry mm -hmm. was important. Even home economics was important, which they all are. And now it's basically just STEM. I'm a certified buttonhole maker. I can, I can sew buttonholes. Uh, you shouldn't have told them. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> oh god uh and and i understand but now it's it's more a of a um performative thing and and how can you use this to shunt people into jobs as opposed to that well-rounded education where people can discover things about themselves as opposed to just being kind of the German system is kind of like that, where they mm -hmm. take aptitude tests and they, and, and maybe other European countries, but I'm not familiar with, um, where you take these aptitude tests and they, they tell you where you kind of probably would do best and shove you in that direction. Um, we're off topic, but. Uh, no, we're not. It's a, a capitalism seeping its way into the American healthcare or education system. Truth. You know, it's all, it's all connected good times <laughs> and and equity and equality and bringing that back uh yes. well not back bringing that into the world um and into america which was another promise god i hope so um because we were founded on inequality we were founded on the haves and the have-nots and the um the human and the subhuman even and for all the celebration of the constitution that's enshrined in it is that <laughs> certain certain people are created equal um but not women and people of color um and now now that's that's being challenged directly and changing um so yay, now get the kids out of the cages and reunite the families and um, abolish the, the prison industrial complex mm -hmm. and lefty stuff like that. <laughs> well, are you a communist? No. Yes. <laughs> you are? The city didn't. That's not communism. <laughs> what, me? I'm just joking, of course. I, I mean, we could get into a rant about a communism, but I, I don't know. Wait, I... 
All right, my my brain just exploded. <laughs> I'm a benevolent monarchist as long as I'm the monarch. Uh, I agree. I'm I'm fine with that. I think that's the only reasonable choice. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Yay! I would prefer that to this. Melanie for monarch. Melanie for monarch. I'll, You'd I'll be a go great monarch. monarch. Yeah. I'll make a tin Melanie, for maybe you're the president. Heck yeah! Come on, Melanie for president. You got it's my vote. Today. Well, Mel, today. For Mel, Mel for press. Mel for press. 2024. 2024. You heard it here first. Let me just make it to next week. <laughs>
friends who are anarchists i have a lot of friends who are are marxists i have a lot of friends who are um of different political and economic uh ideology adherences and um you know and, and absolutely everybody in my family are um rabidly uh capitalist um not that that's also necessarily a bad thing. They they paid well for employees. They were responsible. Uh, they paid their taxes. It wasn't like you know somebody paying fifteen hundred dollars for their taxes. But uh, they uh, we're getting in, no, way off track. Um, I was gonna say something about communism, Marxism, mm-hmm. but. I I forgot. I just forgot. Like those things sound really nice. And I'm not even going to be one of those people that says, well, it, it didn't work in the countries where they, they tried it. But also, you know, sounds good. Bring back Richard Marx. We just need, (laughs) we just need like stronger (laughs) forms of community. Yeah, I agree. Cause the community, if the community and the like, community in general has been dismantled in i guess the last 20 years 30 years maybe maybe forever i don't know no you're absolutely right and that's a way that the past was better i think um when i grew up everybody was a community and you know my my grandfather was actually a republican politician but all of his friends were Democrats, you know, and his Republican yeah. friends would call him the red, you know, meaning the commie because he was friends with the Democrats. But people joked around with each other and the Republicans and the Democrats, they disagreed on things, but they had a shared mission and they were civil to each other and they were friends, you know, and um, there was a sense of community, even in the politics of that time, I think, and um, also just in the world in general, that I think is really missing now. I mean, everything's me first, me, 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 me. And you see that with the people who don't want to wear masks, mm-hmm. you know? And I just don't understand it. I don't know what these people would have done during World War II when they'd have to deal with rationing, you know? Everybody <laughs> was stealing each other's ration cards and stuff. We don't work together as a community, as a unit, as a country. And I hope to see that change, I don't know. But I, I would say the last 20, 30, well, 30 years, yeah. It's all been about, you know, 
my prerogative, <laughs> if you guys remember that song. But um, Melanie, you mentioned Richard Marks. <laughs> what was it he sang? I can't remember. Oh God, you have to ask me. Whoa. Okay. That you would remember, but now it's like driving me crazy. Right. He was hot for like um I I just put his first and last name together by blending all the letters together. That's that was oh <laughs> uh, come on, hit me with the songs. Oh my gosh. Whoo. Oh, uh he looks like Bray Manilow now. Um those are the albums. Where are the songs? Uh, front receipt right here, waiting. Endless Summer Nights. Endless Summer Nights is probably one of the big ones, right? Um, okay, it's not important, but. Um... <laughs> oh, no, we got to play it all now. <laughs> we could take a, a Richard Marks music, music break. break. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. That's the. I do my head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Head toss, check my nails. Baby, how you feeling? Richard Nixon.
Mark, <laughs> Mark, <laughs> Richard Nixon and the Destroyers. One of three presidents to ever be impeached. Right. The other two were Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, was who else was? Oh, they really impeached him, didn't they? <laughs> they really went and impeached him, didn't they? <laughs> I guess that is weird. It's all weird. Welcome um, back. You were listening to you, the show, and you were listening to the music from Richard Marks. From yeah, right. Not Richard Nixon. Not Richard Nixon and the Destroyers. <laughs> He was that's good, George. They're good. <laughs> oh, and Richard what a day. Richard Marks has never been impeached, so that's there's a difference. Um, sorry, please cut that out. Yeah. So, uh, there's there's some bits of news that have been filtering around everything that's been going on in Washington and our nation. Uh, are relevant to LGBTIQ folk. And one of the things that uh, it, I saw that kind of blew my mind a bit was um, it was a Gallup poll, it was a follow-up poll actually uh, to, to an earlier Gallup uh, poll. And it's US adults, percentage of US adults by state identifying as LGBT. The last numbers they have are 2015 to 2016. Um, and, you know, the West Coast, of course, is is high percentage, um, except for Alaska, and they don't count because they're not attached to the rest of us. Um, and Florida is big, Vermont, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, uh, Delaware. But the highest, uh, the, the area with the highest uh, percentage of LGBTQ folks self-identified is Washington, D.C. So it's only fair that some of them actually get to be in the Capitol. Um, Capitol building, that is. And one day the White House, maybe. But looking at a map that's kind of like heat map for the, the rest of the nation, you get to see what other states are, are low reporting and higher reporting. And in the Midwest, out of, you know, Illinois, Ohio, Kentucky, Tennessee, Missouri, Iowa. Um, oh yeah, Indiana. Like which one of the, the states seems to have the highest in the Midwest? us indiana. indiana yay i wonder how much bloomington contributes to that it's probably most of it that's what i would think <laughs> <laughs> do they count like the college population of i of iu or is it just like year-round population it was just according count? to the poll so it's not like census bureau stuff so whenever they conducted these polls that's when uh they captured the people Got in the it. state so i don't i don't know that it was um that that would weight it but maybe mm-hmm. but also yeah places like well indianapolis even um 
you know, the neighborhood there is much more robust than it was 20 years ago or 25 years ago when I moved there. Um, it, it's thriving and beautiful and uh, I, their pride event is massive. And um, if that's any measure of the LGBT community in the area. But yeah, it's, it was surprising because I figure Illinois with Chicago, hello. Um, but there are a lot of farmers in Illinois. And maybe the folks can't live in Chicago, so they moved to Bloomington. Maybe. <laughs> um, Florida's yeah, to look at this map, you know, with deep green being, you know, where the highest populations of the community are and Indiana being really close. Yeah. Being a pretty deep green. Mm -hmm. so I that. feel like Columbus is also kind of a hot spot. Oh. Really? Am Columbus, I, Indiana? I don't know. I'm just like going off of the pride, mm. you know, thing. Mm. They have like a really good pride organization and, um, and a uh, festival much to Mike Pence's chagrin, I'm sure. <laughs> But yeah, I feel like Indiana is, you know, depending on where you go, it's so weird because it's so very different, like the situation in Bloomington versus like the situation in Spencer, for example, right. you know, um, it varies greatly across the state, but that's or, cool. Or Richmond or, you know, yeah. Posey County or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but no, there seem to be, there seem to be pretty good pockets. Northwest Indiana, strangely, strangely enough. Uh, is still struggling to come out. Um, you know, the, I was reporting that, what, not last year, but the year before's Pride event was held in one room in the convention center, as opposed to out in the open or right. more than one room. Interesting. Um, yeah. And, you know, when I was up there before I, I considered moving down to Indy, uh, I was looking at options in Chicago and and staying in Northwest Indiana because that's where I'm from. And they had like, not that bars are any indication, but you know, how open is a an area? Um, their gay bar was actually hidden. So <laughs> that was, you know, like I said, 25 years ago. But so that gives you kind of an idea of what one of the most liberal places in the state, voting-wise, is still very uh, closeted and very closed. So it's got to be Indianapolis and Bloomington and maybe Columbus and Spencer. It's pushing Indiana. Woo! Shout out to all those folks. We love you. <laughs> <laughs> we're so slap happy i this is wonderful i i hope i hope joy doesn't leave us soon you know i hope i hope we can feel happiness and um genuine happiness and like the world is is writing itself so oh yeah, we're all just a little bit giddy and slap happy. And as I said, it's just all of this anxiety just falling away. Um, I'm gonna wow. wash that man right out of my hair. Yes. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs>
cue good as hell by Lizzo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bring it in, Lizzo. Maybe we should have that as a music break. Maybe. Maybe it already was. <laughs> Let's just go back in time and put that in. Is that okay? Absolutely. All right. Um, I, I don't know how to to finish this up. I Yay. <laughs> yay. Uh, go out, party um, by yourselves this weekend, masked, because that's the new mandate uh, for federal employees and buildings. And um, be safe. I had two friends who came down with COVID uh, today. They found out. Mm. So that's heavy. We're not out of it yet, folks. Sorry to hear that. But no, we're they're they're healthy. I think they'll probably be okay. I have another friend who's struggling, kind of coming out of it right now, and her husband had it, and he's he's on the mend. Um, yeah, it's still scary. We're still dealing with that. Let's hope, but Biden can get uh, the show on the road, and uh, he's got a lot of work to do. So, um, that's it. No more celebration. Actually, let's get to work. Blooming out is pretty. <laughs> Elbows and assholes, people. Sorry. Who's yeah, doing the good. outro? Lucas is. Blooming out is. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Let me try again. <laughs> Blooming out is a public. <laughs> Do you want me to do it? I have it up. Or yes. I can send it to you. <laughs> you do it. You're good. You're so good at it. <laughs> Might not. You are too. You're good at everything, Lucas. Like it was written uh, for you, Justin. Me. <laughs> Blooming Out is a production of WFHB Community Radio and produced by Melanie Davis and Cade Young. Lucas Fisher is our engineer for Blooming Out and WFHB. I'm Justin Robertson. I'm Ireland Meacham. I'm Lucas Fisher. And I'm Melanie Davis. Remember, if everything were straight, roller coasters would be one long, boring ride. Be well, stay safe, speak truth, manifest equity, demand justice, wear your masks, celebrate, and good night from your Blooming Out family.